Welcome to episode 28 of Golden Shower of Hits. On today's podcast, the boys will talk about 1991's No Pocky for Kitty, the second album by the scrappiest of all scrappy Chapel Hill indie rock bands, Super Chunk. My guess is that Jamie is going to love it. this is weird i can i can see you this week which is <laughs> i don't know if that's fortunate or unfortunate well hello <laughs> how you doing man i'm fine how do i why is this oh wow what's this <laughs> what's this what is that seattle what? in the background i don't know what that is how do i do this <laughs> you can leave Fuck the off. camera on that's <laughs> i kind of like it actually <laughs> If I had a camera, I'd take my shirt off for you. But <laughs> how you, you doing? To, you have to sign up for my OnlyFans for that. I'm good. I can't wait to find your OnlyFans. <laughs> it's gonna be great. Yeah, if you know me well, you can figure out my screen name. So <laughs> <laughs> people make a lot of money on that shit. I'm, you know, the it's like, um, yeah. Hmm, I'm trying to uh, figure out how much I should divulge here. <laughs> uh, I feel like a- as many ads as I see from amateur people, <laughs> I guess is the way to describe it. Right. I kind of feel like every female on the planet has an OnlyFans. Jesus Christ. It's, I mean, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's like rampant. Um, I mean, you know. I guess I read an article about it, though, that people like generally speaking, people aren't doing explicit sex stuff. No, really? What are they doing? Like showing off their feet or something? Yeah. Just like, you know, stuff that you don't find on Pornhub. Right. Right. You know, I've never looked at the web. I've never looked at it. I don't have any idea what it is, but I imagine it's just kind of like a it's like a Patreon. Yeah, I think so. Like, but there's pictures of you like. Giving yourself nipple tweaks or whatever. <laughs> giving yourself a nurple. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what I want it to be. Right. Yeah. I, uh, you know, when I found out about it, like, I don't know, six or eight months ago, I, I went to check it out, but there's literally nothing you can do without signing up. Like there's no samples or anything. So I was like, okay, well, you know, right. I, I paid enough for porn in the nineties with hustler and <laughs> that sort of thing. <laughs> I, I, uh, yeah, my porn budget is has been shot for many years. So good for you. No more. <laughs> no no good more for you. For it's, it. You know, it's good to have a budget. Yeah, you know, I, I got that in my Quicken. You know, it's like food, <laughs> car repair, health insurance, pornography. 
Good. <laughs> Good. So I've been doing this. So if we hear a loud noise on my uh, side of the recording this week. Uh, <laughs> it's just a gimp trying to escape. <laughs> it'll most likely be my wife falling down. Uh, so I'm in the basement. She's upstairs. For the last few weeks, I don't know what's going on, but I've been dropping stuff like all of the time. Um, like my phone, like just everything I'm carrying. I don't know. Just for some reason, I keep dropping things. And today I dropped the butter, like the little, you know, plastic thing of butter on the floor, (laughs) which then speckled butter all over the floor, which then I wiped up. But the dogs love that. Well, yeah, the dogs were psyched, but I I wiped up the butter, but now the floor is super slippery. (laughs) So so I don't know if you've, I don't know if you've ever seen those uh, videos on the internet where people butter the floor on purpose to fuck with people. Have you ever seen those? (laughs) No, but Uh, I can imagine. Yeah, it's great. Like somebody will uh, they butter the floor. So they put butter on the floor and they, they spread it all around. And then they'll be like, hey, Jimmy, come in here quick. And the guy will come run and he hits the buttered floor and just fucking eat shit. You know? That sucks. It's, it's, pretty, it's a pretty amazing prank. I can't believe like, well, I would imagine if somebody got really hurt, you probably wouldn't post the video. So, so that's why I haven't you know, seen video where people have broken their noses or... You know, I've seen some pretty gnarly stuff on the like people really getting hurt though. That, yeah. I mean, when I was working at the pawn shop, we would when it was slow. Is this a jobs with Mike section? I need to finish that damn song. But we have talked about this job before, so I don't know. Uh, right. Yeah. Anyways. Well, when it would get slow, we would just get on the internet and just type random shit into YouTube, like. You know, <laughs> slip and backflip. Right, and there right. will be a hundred videos of people like slipping and doing a full backflip and landing <laughs> on their face. It's crazy. Yeah, people get fucked up, man. It's funny, you know, seeing those videos, thinking about, you know, hundreds of years of people getting fucked up that was never caught on film, you know? Right. So, yeah. So anyways, I, uh, in an, in an, I've inadvertently buttered my kitchen floor, so we'll see. She's aware of it, though, so so hopefully she doesn't. Do you know what I completely forgot until this moment? What? This morning, I woke up, I fed the dogs, and I walked in to go take a leak. And uh, in the bathroom down off the kitchen is also where our washer and dryer are. Yeah. And uh, the the laundry detergent was on its side, and a bunch had leaked out all over the floor. Oh, shit. And so... My bathroom floor was super slippery this morning. Oh, no. I, I cleaned it up. We were, I cleaned it up uh, mostly with toilet paper. Yeah, which, because I didn't, I didn't have. I was out of paper towel. You should have put water on it, and then you would add suds everywhere. Well, that's what I didn't want to do. Like by the time I got most of the where it was just like you know residue because it was like a puddle. Right, right. So by the time I got it down to where it was thin, then I I got a rag wet and and cleaned it all up. Now, the the floor (laughs) is really clean right there. I bet. (laughs) Really, really clean. But yeah, yeah, I I wanted to make sure that it wasn't slippery because if my wife came down to do something in the bathroom, then slippity-doo-dah. Yeah. Well, she weighs like 80 pounds, so I don't know that her falling is going to hurt her too bad, right? I mean, anyone falling is going to hurt. Yeah, that's true. Right? You know, I... uh, when I was growing up, nobody really taught me um, like important things about life, you know? Um, so when I was in my like late twenties, I uh, 
trying to remember. I put dish soap in the dishwasher. <laughs> oh, that's easy enough to do. We've yeah. all done that. Yeah, I didn't know that was a thing. And then left and came home and the entire kitchen was full of suds. <laughs> yeah, there's there's dish soap and then there's dishwasher soap. Right, yeah. Yeah. They, you know, those two should be compatible. Like that's fucked up <laughs> that that's a thing, you know? I've done it accidentally yeah. and I've done it even knowing the difference. Oh, really? <laughs> Just like not paying attention, you know? Yeah. Christine's done it recently. Oh, wow. Not, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it happens. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to feel bad about that, Jamie. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. should feel bad about mispronouncing our podcast name, though. <laughs> you know, it's funny you bring that up. I was actually <laughs> thinking about it um, last night while I was driving to Astoria. And, uh, you know, technically, multiple episodes of the show are called Golden Showers of Hits, right? No. Come on. <laughs> when there's more they're than called, one? They're called Golden Shower of Hitses. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, anyways. Maybe they're a uh, golden shower of, uh, golden shawai. <laughs> when you get the plural and you put the, uh, I can't even think of an example right now. Never mind. Move on. Yeah. Bad radio. <laughs> bad right. radio. Bad idea. Bad tangent. So, uh, speaking of the podcast, what did you think of my idea about, uh, encouraging people to write in and then we read their emails on the air? <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, I don't. Have we checked the email recently? I have never ever checked it. So, and never. I know, I know right, that, well, let's, I know that let's you have uh, three times probably I've because, checked the email. Yeah. Let's go to it now. Let's okay. just, let's see if there's anything. I don't, you know what I need to do? I need to make it so that, nope, nothing. <laughs> you know what I always say? No news is good news. Yeah. Well, yeah. our email address is, uh, I'm trying to find Golden it. shower of hits. At gmail.com. And so don't put the S on there. <laughs> it's not golden. Yeah, just shower. golden shower of hits. I think that I should set up golden showers of hits at gmail.com and that email just comes to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's just an automated reply that says, hey, asshole, you misspelled it. Don't be a Jamie. Go to this, <laughs> type the correct email address in. But anyways, uh, yeah, no, we... Um, you know, we have some really, uh, we hear from listeners from time to time on, on different, uh, social media platforms. And I'm not that good about checking a lot of social media. So, um, you know, if you want to send us feedback, yeah, send us feedback on the I'll show, like things and right. you know, that kind of thing. Clickety click, you know? Yeah. Well, it's like Twitter, like, you know, I get some messages on Twitter, but like, I literally, use Twitter to find out like what's happening at this instant in the news, like with the Capitol uh, terrorist attack. And then, you know, that's all I use it for. You know what I mean? So like, or, right. and same with Instagram, like I see, like I have like so many notifications on Instagram. I never, <laughs> never check it. So yeah, I'm rarely well, on that stuff. It's hard. You know, I know you're a youngling and you love Instagram and the stories and all that shit. <laughs> that's, yeah. I mean, I'm just out there hustling, hustling it up. Right. You know? Yeah. You well, gotta be, you gotta hustle it. Yeah. There's a, there's a couple of reasons why, uh, is way more popular than this show. <laughs> one, one of them is you're hustling. And, uh, the second is I'm not on it. <laughs> well, I, I'm let's kidding. not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> um, I mean, if, if just that were true, 
<laughs> then this podcast would be half as popular as couch riffs. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. In theory. Yeah. So, you know, I mean. I think the other aspect is we piss off the listeners by <laughs> a lot of times not liking the records that they submit. Oh, who cares? Yeah. They know what they're getting into when they sign up. Yeah, consider it a roast, you know? I mean, how (laughs) many records have we actually totally thrashed? I'd say at least a third to a half. Well, maybe not totally thrashed, but... And and not you. I I tend to (laughs) like records way way less than you do. (laughs) Well, I think you're less forgiving than I am. Yeah. Uh, But with that said, segue, uh, Super Chunk, No Pocky for Kitty. I'd never... I, I, you know, I, I knew, I knew the name super chunk. Um, I don't know that I've ever heard them before, uh, last week. And you love it, right? Uh, there is not one bad song on this record. Yes. It's I fucking, fucking knew amazing. It. I knew you were going to love this and I was so stoked. Oh my God. It is so good. Holy shit. Is it good? I Dude, was not you just expecting. you just got excited about another contemporary band from the nineties. It's <laughs> amazing. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> here's here's the thing. I was introduced to Superchunk by way of Firehose because oh, okay. Firehose covered a Superchunk song, Slack Motherfucker, on their this from their first record live. Right? No, it's on the oh that song. Yeah, yeah. The live totem pole EP, the the Firehose live album. They did they did a bunch of covers on their Public Enemy and so is Firehose. Yeah. That's uh, Minutemen after the Minutemen, correct? Well, no. I mean, it's two guys from the Minutemen and another guy. Right. Well, okay. So it's two out of the three guys from the Minutemen. Right. Right. Okay. The minute men. <laughs> right. Uh, I loved Firehose. I don't know that I've ever really listened to him. Maybe you should oh, submit it for God, a review dude. in our. <laughs> I don't. You know what? I don't take the survey. You dick. I had but to take the survey. We had to get some good here, records on there. <laughs> here's the thing. Now, here's the thing. Even though I was never the hugest Super Chunk fan, every like, there's no good reason I was never a super huge Super Chunk fan. Right. Um, Every time their music comes on, I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah. You know? And furthermore, if it come, if their music comes on and no one says, all right, I'm putting on Super Chunk, I know <laughs> what it is, even if it's a song I've never heard. They have such a distinctive sound as a band. Right. Well, the, uh, the interesting thing about that to me is like, I'd never heard Super Chunk before, but they were so familiar. And I think it's because... They're so good that so many people I've heard after them tried to sound like them. You know what I mean? Right. Which, you know, that's amazing that they're that influential that I was immediately familiar with it, having never heard them. So who who do you think came after them that that really was was grasping at at what these guys were putting down? Um I mean, asking me that now after uh, listening to it for a week, but also, you know, reading up about them, watching, uh, live performances of them, looking at photos and that sort of thing. It's kind of skewed, uh, that it's not just musically. So one of the interesting things about super chunk is they kind of seem like 
one of those bands that's like so not cool you know what i mean right. like like the fucking the the singer songwriter guy plays a gibson marauder which is like the shittiest guitar in the world uh you know they just look like kind of like a dad band even when they were in their like 20s you know what i mean and so um when you ask me that now maybe their sound isn't uh so much like that but their whole style kind of reminds me of built to spill you know what I mean? Where it's like, these guys don't look like rock stars, you know? They just look oh, like no, they are. fucking dudes. They are on their, they're, they're on their own Kool-Aid. Right, right. And so, uh, you know, watching the videos of them, I just kept thinking, oh my God, this is what, you know, this is like built to spill, uh, you know, came from this. You know what I mean? So, I, and, and, I, and ways, I don't know like, that it was guys, musically necessarily, but. These guys sort of, I think, picked up the college rock torch right and carried it carried it forward into the 90s because college rock as far as i'm concerned died in 1987 when rem <laughs> signed a major label deal right right i mean that's that's fair enough to say right i mean the pixies i guess were college rock yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. but these guys i mean i guess these guys have something like a little bit in common with the pixies yeah i definitely I couldn't tell you exactly what those things are but right. it kind of it it feels like they could play shows together and you'd, we wouldn't bat an eye. Right, yeah. It'd be like, yeah, the great fucking Bill. Yeah. Yeah, just that whole, you know, like hard pan left and right uh, guitars where each guitar player is completely doing their own thing, but at the same time, it complements what the other guy's doing in the other speaker. Um, you know, and that kind of, you know, it's not Marshall stacks and shit like that. You know, it's, yeah, really good. And, and, uh, I, I I can see where they were a really big influence on later uh, indie rock. So, and this is a this is a much loved album. Yeah, I loved it, <laughs> and a much loved band. Like yeah. I don't, I mean, I don't think I've ever talked to a single person who who would say, "Oh, Superchunk, they suck." Right, right, right. They because they don't. Yeah. Here's the thing: at this moment, right now, mm-hmm. is the very first time I've I've ever looked at a knowingly looked at a picture of super chunk i had no idea <laughs> yeah what they looked like um i didn't know any i knew what i knew about them i think they're from chapel hill right yeah so it's funny a couple of weeks ago well uh, a bunch of episodes ago when we were doing arcade fire you mentioned they were on merge records and then you busted my balls for not knowing anything about merge records <laughs> uh so it turns out that laura balance and mac mccann uh the bass player and the guitar player singer uh, are the two people that started merge records and so yeah i actually looked at like the artist roster of Merge Records, and I actually knew a bunch of the bands on it. So, <laughs> who's that band that moved to uh, Portland? They were on Merge, right? <laughs> I don't uh, know. That narrows it down. What band? Uh, oh, oh uh, you're thinking of the band from uh, Spoon, uh, Albuquerque? Uh, no. Oh, what's the fucking the Shins? No, Spoon. Yeah. A Spoon. Yeah, I don't know. I don't spoon. Know. I think Spoon was on Merge. Okay, pretty sure. Pretty yeah. sure their early records were on Merge. Yeah, they put out a bunch of stuff for uh, Bob Mould and Dinosaur Jr. And I think yeah, like I do. Teenage They're Fan legit. Club and a whole bunch of stuff. So, which I don't, uh, you know, um, it looks like their first two records were, were out on Matador and then they 
bounce from Matador when Matador was going to get uh, Atlantic or somebody to do distribution um, and started putting out records on their merge records label. So I guess I don't understand how that whole record store chain thing works. Like they don't want distribution from Atlantic. So then is somebody at merge records calling like retail record stores trying to sell records? Like how does that work? I really doubt it. They probably found a an indie distributor, but I think I mean huh. who distributes merge now? I mean I don't look, know. eventually, you know, everyone gets on board with someone much bigger to take care of right. the part of the job that they're not equipped to do. Yeah. Right? Yes. Um do you think it's fun I mean, was it that Matador was was merging with Atlantic and that was, is there irony behind the name of their label? <laughs> well, uh, it looks at least according, you know, Jamie reads Wikipedia to the audience, uh, merge records started way before, um, they were on Matador and, uh, before Matador w- got a distribution deal from Atlantic or whatever. So, hmm. That's so interesting. I, don't think so. I wish I knew. I should, I wish I had done a little research. <laughs> <laughs> well, a couple of episodes ago, you said you weren't going to do research on bands anymore, whether you knew them or not. You were just going to make up. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I think that was on the Built to Spill episode. Well, I, I also kind of feel like you do so much research that it, it makes it interesting for me to learn stuff that I never knew, <laughs> even about bands that I like and right, know. Right. Yeah, I feel like kind of a jack off. Just being like, I've never heard this band before this week. And then you're like, I love this band. And then I like just vomit out a bunch of factoids about some band I I don't know anything about to you, you know. But here's the interesting thing. Like nine out out of 10 bands that we've reviewed, you know, records that we've reviewed, I've heard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they're by bands that I've heard. And I don't know anything about most of them. Right, right. And, And 19 out of 20 bands... And records you've never heard, also don't know anything about. But right. then, uh, whether you like them or not, sort of dictates how much you'll go down the rabbit hole. And then you'll, <laughs> and then you educate me. It's great. <laughs> but I knew you were gonna love this record because yeah. it's it's a fucking great record. It's got hooks and melodies, and but also there's an energy to the recording that. I know it's of a style that I know you appreciate. Yeah. Like the drummer is fucking dynamite. Steve Albini produced this. Yeah. So Um, although I don't think it's amazing sounding it's for the time and for what, what it is, I think it's, it's perfect. Right. You know? No, I think it sounds great. Um, I was, so I had listened to the record a bunch of times before I read anything about it. And uh, this morning while I was eating breakfast, I was telling Jennifer that I was running behind on uh, research. And so she started reading me uh, stuff about Super Chunk while I was eating. And she's like, oh, Steve Albini recorded this. And I was like blown away because it doesn't sound like a Steve Albini. You know, it's not that Steve Albini drum yeah. sound. You know what I mean? Um, right. But it's, you know, it still sounds great. I I kept listening to the record trying to find issues with it. You know, find things that like... <clears throat> I thought could be better. And I mean, here's the th- other than here's the, the thing kick about drum being that. a little bit louder, like there's nothing I would change on that record. No, it really is a perfect record. Here's yeah. the thing about what, and this might just be my interpretation mm-hmm. of what you've said, but the, <laughs> the quote Steve Albini drum sound. Yeah. Typically shines through on music that is 
pretty is a lot more sparse than this. Right, yeah. I mean, this is sonically dense music. No one no one is is resting a measure. Right. Like right. everyone is playing on like two one or two notes all the time. Yeah. And 16th notes. Right, you know. Right, right, yeah. And there's there's not room for those out for the Albini drums to shine through and I wonder if that I mean, he's not really like a stylized producer. No, he's like a, but a I, documentarian. Right. But I feel like he definitely has, well, at least, you know, the stuff I've, his, that I've heard, his drum sound has a real kind of signature to it. You know, just, you know, like we a have, lot of room, I think, you know. didn't we have Jesus Lizard Goat come up on the list recently? Yeah. It's like the next 90s album we're doing, right? uh yeah i think so yeah in a couple oh weeks. i fucking love that record so much that's a top yeah. 10 record for me fucking jesus lizard dude it's so so killer <sighs> so i've been trying so hard to get Dwayne dennison on the fucking on my podcast uh, and i've talked to him he's kind of like ah you you seem like a swell kid why don't you fuck off <laughs> <laughs> yeah i have a personal bone to pick with jesus lizard but we'll cover that on the jesus lizard show so why did d- dude try to fuck your girlfriend or something uh, no, but we'll we'll cover it on the Jesus Lizard show. There's there's some clickbait for you. <laughs> Great. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I think my issues with Jesus lizards are so deep that I'm not gonna I'm gonna have a hard time being. Did uh, you just call them Jesus lizards? <laughs> no, <laughs> you they did. did. I swear to God, you're gonna listen to the playback. <clears throat> <laughs> Maybe I'm turning into one of those people that adds. Uh, you know how old An people S or add the, the S. at the beginning. Yeah, the Facebooks. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> maybe you've crossed that threshold, riding off into the sunset as an elderly man. Yeah. Um, what were we talking about? Uh, Steve Albini. Uh, yeah, I don't remember. But we we're talking about Steve Albini's drum sound. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I you know I, I just think of what Surferosa by the Pixies. Right. He did that one. Yeah and in utero stuff like that there's just that well the, it's that this that snare in yeah. particular you yeah. know that's where that's where it really jumps out at you right when did surfer rosa come out is it 87 or 88 i think is that right yeah it was, it was Xyz, jesus lizard i can't believe this many years in i still have to uh, look at the keyboard when i type uh march of na- well, <laughs> eight of 88 is when it came out Wow, really? Yeah. Yep. Uh I never even knew that album existed until eighty nine. <laughs> no, ninety. Yeah. Nineteen ninety, I would say. Yeah. Uh, no, probably eighty nine. Uh I had never even heard of the uh of the Pixies. Yeah. And uh, I went to a friend's house. He he had the record and I was just like, What the fuck? There's boobs on the album cover of this? This is <laughs> right. like <laughs> this is crazy what yeah. the fuck and uh and the music was was weird you know it was like it was like what is this yeah um you know there were distorted guitars and stuff and they were noisy and there was just a racket it was right. was not aerosmith <laughs> yeah that's for sure <laughs> you know and so it got me you know it got me yeah you know, the funny thing about stuff like the Pixies is uh, when I was a kid and coming up in BMX, there was a, a magazine called Freestyling and Freestyling was um, 
done by three uh, guys, uh, Mark Lumen, who was the um, editor, uh, and then um, Andy Jenkins, who uh, started like Girl Skateboards. Um, he was the art director, and then Spike Jones was the photographer. So uh, I think you know who Spike Jones is. He's a filmmaker and shit nowadays. But those guys would sprinkle in lots of culture into that magazine. So like in the news section, it would be like, uh, you know, Ron Wilkerson started his own bike company and the Pixies new album comes out in April, you know, like right. they would sprinkle all this really cool, um, you know, quote unquote, alternative lifestyle stuff into their uh, magazine, you know, so that's how you, you know, like that's how I heard about Jane's Addiction the first time and Public Enemy and, you know, they would put all this stuff in there. And so there's a lot of bands um, that I heard uh, that I knew about way way before i ever heard them you know because getting a pixies record in 1988 in coon rapids minnesota was not a thing you know like <laughs> yeah but i you know no, I, I i understand <clears throat> that loud and clear right, yeah so the, the the you know the the interesting thing also is uh we would get bmx videos and in the bmx videos uh the riders parts would have you know suicidal tendencies and all kinds of music that we never heard on the radio or anything like that. Um, and, and then, you know, or, or like videos of contests where, you know, somebody would, uh, uh, would be like cabaret Voltaire, you know, you know, like playing in the background and stuff, you know, just, just like all this music that just was like blew our minds and it's on this video and it doesn't say who the artist is, what the song is, you know? So then what happened is for years, I knew of these songs because I rewatched these videos daily, religiously, um, right. and knew these songs by heart, but I had no fucking idea who the artist was, what the song was, you know? So, uh, and even to this day, from time to time, I will come across a song from one of those videos that, you know, I knew by heart 30 years ago and have known for that long, but never had any clue who it was. So, um, yeah, it was kind of cool to, you know, get that little injection of, there would be no credit on the screen. Uh, was that a later thing? That was a later thing. Um, but like mostly the contest videos, like, you know, it's like, this is Dennis McCoy's run and Dennis is riding to minor threat. You had, right. you know, it didn't say the song. It's just some dude in the crowd videoing him riding the ramp. You know what I mean? So, uh, the only right. like CG that would come up on the screen would be like the rider's name and stuff. So, uh, but yeah, you just watch it incessantly over and over trying to learn these tricks or figure out how they did them. And you know, that whole soundtrack is playing in the background. It was uh, yeah, <laughs> it's a little, it's interesting when I discover some song that I've known for X number of years, but never knew what it was happens all right. the time. So yeah, important part of my life, freestyle and magazine, not with kiss. No, doesn't so. happen. Have you, has there ever been a kiss song that comes on and you don't know that it's kiss immediately? I mean, Paul and Gene's voices are pretty distinct, I think, you know, so, uh, but I'm talking about the second the song comes on. No, I mean, you know, I'll hear like the first, literally the first note or two or the, you know, first couple of drum hits and I know what it is, you know, so. Of the, but wait, I'm talking about their entire discography. Uh, after, um. After the plane crash. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the, after the plane crash, I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, typically what happens there is I'll hear a song, a Kiss song from the 80s, and I'm just like, ugh, it's heartbroken. 
<laughs> like, let's put the X in sex. Come on, guys. Jesus it's Christ. Really terrible. Yeah. What about Crazy Nights? Not a fan of Crazy Nights. Although I do recognize it's a catchy song, but I would pretty never catchy. listen to it. <laughs> it's not my thing. Yeah, I don't spend a lot of time spinning that one either. Yeah. No, I'd rather listen to them do, uh, I think it was a cover, uh, what, Kiss in Time? Actually, you know what I really love is on side four of Kiss Alive 2, uh, oh, fuck, what's the song called? Any Way You Want It. It's a Dave Clark 5 cover. <laughs> that Paul recorded by himself in the studio. It's awesome. Really? <laughs> yeah. There's like this chord that they do that at the very end of it that uh, I've heard the Beatles do in songs before. And I always wanted to learn the chord and I have no idea what it is. So uh, I bet I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Is it the chord at the beginning of hard, hard days night? Uh, yeah, it is right. Yeah. I mean, if anyone ever says the chord, it's, <laughs> it's that it's actually, I'm, I'm sure I'll piss someone off by saying this, but I think that it's two chords. It's not one. It's not the sound of one guitar playing one chord. It's really, it's the sound of two guitars playing two chords that work together, but also slightly rub. That's interesting. And that would make sense too. You know, it's a really dense sound. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's all kinds of, there are a handful, you know, (laughs) it's funny the other day I was thinking like, um, you know, I'm not a great guitar player by any stretch of the imagination and, but I love playing guitar and I was thinking like, I don't really have any interest in taking lessons cause I don't really care to get any better. Yeah. I'm fine with where I'm at. Uh, although I did think the only, <laughs> well, allow me to go off on this tangent. Uh, get it. I did think, you know, the only reason I would want to get really good as, at guitar is so that I could get a signature deal with Gibson and then, uh, uh, have them actually make a rad guitar. <laughs> but just simply being good isn't enough. No, for I know. To make you a Come on, humor guitar. me with my fantasy of <laughs> like, okay, Gibson, <laughs> this is what we're going to do. <laughs> we're putting a stinger on the back of this one. Fred Edge binding, you know, the works. <clears throat> 498 what, what is keys. it with Fred Edge binding in you? I, I, I feel like we've talked about this before. Um, I don't think so. But it, it drives me crazy. Like, I just don't care. Something and- uh, something about, uh, uh, so for people who don't know, uh, guitar frets on the edges, um, on things like fenders and stuff, um, you know, they just come to the edge of the fretboard. On a Gibson, they actually put a like a piece of plastic down the edge of the fretboard that kind of covers the ends of the fret and makes, um, it feels somewhat less pokey, I guess. Eh, but I mean, to, yeah. you know what it is? It's a, it's a reason to not work extra hard finishing the frets doing finish work. So I feel like, um, I feel like fret edge binding takes a lot more work than not putting on fret edge binding. So it's a signifier of, uh, the work that went into the guitar and the craftsmanship of the guitar. I feel like a I'll lot bet, more effort. I'll bet you, I'll bet you $5 that if you broke it, if you, if you saw it on the production line, there's something about it that makes it more cost effective to to put the fret edge binding on. No way. Have you I'll seen betcha. have you seen those old la- those fucking ladies in the Gibson factory with a razor blade scraping binding? It looks like the most pain in the ass uh task. That ever. happens on every guitar. They're scraping with a razor blade? Yeah. Mm. How the fuck do you think they do it? 
I don't know, you know, with some of the fret sprout that I've felt on fenders, <laughs> I don't feel like they ever fucking <laughs> uh, Well, but I but I mean there are there are Gibson guitars that have bad fret jobs too. Yeah. Your argument is they don't have fret edge binding. <laughs> yeah, they don't have fret edge binding. <laughs> it's like a fret condom. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> I love it's like it. The one instance. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, um, how do mm. we get on fret edge binding? Oh, we were talking about your signature Gibson. Oh uh, yes, coming yes, next yes. Year. Nam twenty twenty two. So, uh, yeah, my, yeah, I would, I would love for Gibson to, <laughs> to make something that i think is super rad uh but my point is um there are still a handful of things that i would really like to learn on guitar that i haven't just haven't gotten around to learning and it's not for um you know i'll mention it to guffy every once in a while and then he'll pound me with like videos and instructions on how to do whatever it is you know he's so sweet like <laughs> trying to teach me this stuff and I just don't make it enough of a priority, but I really love to learn like those. And I don't even know what they are, but like the Chuck Berry licks, you know what I mean? That yeah. Rock just, and roll guitar licks. Yeah. Just the, that, that crazy little Chuck Berry thing, you know, Marty McFly, whatever. <laughs> so <laughs> anyways, it was the fucking best. Anyway, I wanted to talk <laughs> about how great war machine is by kiss. Yeah. Wasn't it? Uh, I think it was co-written by uh, Brian Adams. Wasn't it? What? Yeah. Uh, no yeah are you kidding me no get the fuck out of here <clears throat> no see. way no way war machine by kiss song facts uh uh yeah what? brian adams brian adams and his co-writing partner jim valens up and coming <laughs> recording artist yeah dude brian adams wow kissfacts.com that's my new wow. website <laughs> that's amazing yeah dude brian adams has a co-write on fucking war machine yeah how did you know that i know a lot about kiss <laughs> you know you know all the all that time you spent actually listening to all these records that are on the podcast i spent all of that time <laughs> reading about kiss Instead well, of listening I can't to other read records. about anything because you know <laughs> I'm fucking behind the wheel most of the time. Uh, I am blown away right now. Yeah, and and here's the other interesting fact: uh, the rumor was that uh, Brian and the other guy wrote like 95 percent of the song, and then Gene had to go in and add a little bit of stuff just so he could have his name on the writing credits. So it was mostly written by those other guys. But that's is Paul on this? Is Paul a songwriter on the song at all? Uh, G, uh, Paul, no, I don't think so. Yeah, I just I'm pulling it up right now. War Machine, Simmons, Adams, Valance, huh? Also, Rock and Roll Hell. Yeah, Brian Adams, which was covered by Ace Freely on one of his recent uh, solo <laughs> records. Which is <laughs> interesting. Cares? So, well, <laughs> the interesting thing about that is like. Ace is on the cover of Creatures of the Night, but supposedly doesn't play a single thing on the record. Uh, and then Rock and Roll Hell is on Creatures of the Night, which Ace did not play on. Then on a recent Ace Freely record, he does Rock and Roll Hell. So, hmm. I don't hmm. know. Interesting to me anyways. <laughs> uh, I think that the song I Still Love You Ugh. is so good really and live 
Yes, I think it's fucking great. From Paul's solo album? What? Is it from Paul's solo album? So that No, it's from Oh no, from Creatures of the Night, sorry. Yeah, there's that there's that video from the 80s of them on the Animalize tour and they're not in makeup. Bruce is on guitar. Yeah. And the version, you should pull it up and watch it. The version of this song is just fucking is on fire. You know that song was written about Donna Dixon, right? I don't know who that is. Oh, Donna Dixon. Uh, you ever seen uh, what was the TV? Uh, uh, you ever seen the TV show uh, Boozum Buddies with Tom Hanks? Mm, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they lived in a. <laughs> for people that don't know, Boozum Buddies was an early '80s uh, sitcom on TV that starred Tom Hanks and some other people. Uh, and there was gender bender. Right. Uh, so hoo-ha. the 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 premise was these two guys couldn't find a place to live but there was a apartment building that was only for women that had an opening and so they needed a place to live so bad that they decided to dress in drag and get an apartment so then hijinks ensues because you know they can't get busted because they're actually men you know by the management anyways the hot blonde girl on that show was donna dixon and she was dating paul um around that time and then she started cheating on Paul with Dan Aykroyd and ultimately married and is still married to Dan Aykroyd. Really? Yeah. She's uh, in Dr. Detroit. I don't know if you ever saw that Dan Aykroyd movie, which is awful, but. <laughs> Dr. Detroit Rock City? Yeah. Yeah, right. Wow, this podcast has really taken a turn. <laughs> yeah, these show notes are I can't be... <laughs> believe, I can't believe the depth of your KISS knowledge. Oh, I, I, dude, I know nothing compared to most people that are hardcore Kiss fans. So <laughs> I will tell you that today in 1977 on the uh, Can-Am tour, Kiss played the Chicago Stadium. <laughs> are you looking at the Wikipedia? No. <laughs> you just know that? Uh, no, actually, uh, I'm a member of you a bunch it. of Kiss Facebook groups and somebody posted a bunch of really cool pictures from the show, so. Oh, I thought maybe you had like a one of those daily calendars where you tear the page <laughs> off and there's a kiss fact. There's a kiss fact day. of the day. Yeah. Wow. You should make one of those. <laughs> nah. They, they, there's people that are so into kiss. Uh, it's crazy. I wonder if, you know, I think I really love the concept of a daily calendar like that. Mm-hmm. Is that what they're called? Daily calendars? Uh, where it's just like the date. On like a piece yeah, and you of paper tear the page off. off. It sits on a desk or on the wall or whatever. You know, I don't you know, know. What I'm talking about. Yeah, I know what you're talking then, about. I don't you know, know like maybe called. there's a Far Side cartoon every day or some <laughs> right, shit right, right. like that. Yeah. Um, I really love the idea of making one. Like, I wonder if we can make one and release it <laughs> for 2022, <laughs> and it would just have a lot of ridiculous shit. Just <laughs> so would it be like facts. on this day something something happened. Yeah, on this okay. day, we shit on this record. Or on this day, a record was released by a band that we shit on. Right, right. That would be pretty funny. Well, I have done a, a good job of uh, documenting when, the, you know, uh, the dates we recorded and the dates we released and all that stuff. So It'd be a golden shower-related daily calendar. Yeah. And it would be, you know, we'd have to cast a pretty wide net. pretty <laughs> Just because, you know. There are a lot. There are a lot more days. Although we'll, we'll we'll have some more episodes this year. Right. Yeah. One a week w- with any luck. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh, this is a wonderful idea. Yeah. This is how all my terrible ideas start. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, I think my wife might buy one, the one that we make. <laughs> See, there you go. I just print if it we out. Hand on a... If we hand make them. Yeah, I'll print it out on the printer. And... <laughs> yeah. Uh, if we hand make them, we're not going to be sitting on a bunch of extra inventory. That's so true. Win. Yeah. Robin's Ford plays on this record? On uh, Creatures? Yeah. Yep. What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah, he tried out for the band. No. Yeah. So did Slash. <laughs> really? Yep. But he was only 16 at the time, and so Paul told him no. Wow. Yeah. And then they had- Paul did- they had a I falling out did. later on because they were going to hire, they want, uh, some of the members of Guns N' Roses wanted to hire Paul as the producer for Appetite. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah. Why'd that fall apart? Uh, I think Paul wanted to do way more like rock and roll type stuff. Like they were like, oh, he was like, oh, we need to give uh, Steven Adler more drums. And they're like, we just took away this, all this like Roto Toms or whatever. <laughs> yeah, so his vision well, was We don't much, want him to have octabons or right, whatever. Right, yeah. His vision was much different than Guns N' Roses, I think. And then I think uh, years, a couple years later, they, them, including Slash, slagged off Paul in the press. And then a little while after that, uh, Slash had called Paul uh, asking Paul if he could help him get like an endorsement deal from BC Rich or something. And Paul was like, fuck you. <laughs> so is that uh, right? was the, yeah, he's like, you know, like you came and tried out for my band. Like I gave you, like, we were like super cool to you. I was going to produce your record. And then you slagged me off in the press. He's like, you know, you're a dick. That was uh end of Paul and Slash's relationship. According to Paul, you know, do you think Paul is a nice guy? Um, I bet if you, I bet if you took a road trip with Paul, you'd be really excited the first hour, <laughs> and then you'd be counting the mile markers. Yeah i I feel like if you could get past Paul's um, like persona, he would be uh, fun to hang out with. Do you think he would be like he'd be like narrating the drive? Well, you know the. Last time i was on the i-5 corridor oh my god we were heading up be, over the grapevine yeah now i i think that uh paul and gene put on a like a shtick for uh media that to me is i'm really not talking tired about media old, i'm talking about driving it taking a drive like, um yeah like from la to san francisco with paul stanley i think i would um if I could handle it, I would need to hang out with Paul for way longer um, for it to be enjoyable. <laughs> Let's put it that way. I so. think he's got a really underrated voice. Dude, Paul's one of the greatest rock and roll singers of all time. And uh, one of the greatest front men of all time. And and I don't think people ever think about that. Do you think Superchunk likes Kiss? Um, I don't know, but I do know they like the Misfits. I saw... Um, they did a like a hidden track uh, for the Aquatine Hunger Force soundtrack, and then uh, I saw a picture <laughs> of them online dressed up as the Misfits, which is pretty awesome. So, and they did a cover of um, "Children in Heat," which is one of my favorite Misfits songs. So, I'll link to that in the show notes. Uh, what is this? I'm looking at something right now. Brand new love. What is that? I don't know what that is. Super Trunks. 
Interpretation of Brand New Love changes the entire vibe of the song. Oh, it's Lou, Lou Barlow. I just, you know, I Googled uh, um, uh, Kiss Super, and chunk. Super Chunk. <laughs> yeah. D- d- <laughs> oh, look. A love letter to Ace Freely. Artists share the blazing Kiss solos that inspired them. Hey. Uh, so it's all these people paying homage to, uh, to Ace and... I'm wondering, well, for the first thing that comes up is is Bathory. That's not, oh, I know I can do. I can do the little F thing here. There you can't go. I? Huh? There you go. Look at that. John Worcester of Super Chunk and the Mountain Goats. Favorite A solo, Got to Choose. Huh? Yeah, he's not wrong. Although I've my, never been drawn the... to the front people in bands, with a few exceptions. Ace wasn't in the background, but he wasn't a vocal point. Yeah. That's he had a from, kind of mystery to him. You didn't know a ton about him. He seemed like he was from another planet. Well, he's from Jendel. <laughs> <laughs> Kissfacts.com. Uh, I just, I have such a terrible joke to make right now that would get me canceled. Um, he has this perfect sloppiness. Yeah, well, he's yeah. not that sloppy, but he's probably unschooled enough that it came out in his completely unique way. Yeah. Look at that. See? Super chunk. Uh, loves the Mel uh, the the Melvins kiss. So the uh, Melvins love kiss. Was that John Worcester? Yeah. So this is I got sucked down a John Worcester fucking rabbit hole. Um, Tell me about him. So I kept thinking, God, this dude. So John Worcester is the drummer for Super Chunk, um, mm-hmm. and I kept thinking, God, this guy looks really familiar. And then um, after reading BMXer. about him, what? He's a BMXer. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Although Slash was a BMXer. Um, uh, after reading about him, I realized he's he's been the drummer in John uh, Bob Mold's solo band for like the last ten years or so. Or oh, I feel years. like I knew that. Yeah, I he's a like fucking great that. drummer too. Yeah. Uh, one of the interesting things about this dude that I noticed was uh, in the early live um, clips that I saw of Super Chunk. He plays, um, I don't know what it's called, uh, but then later on, he switched to a traditional grip with his snare hand. So traditional grip is uh, what like marching drummers uh, use. Yeah, um, like side side hand or whatever it's yeah, called. It's yeah, like your, it's like your palm is up almost, and you play. Yeah, jazzers play like that. Yeah, jazz guys, um, people that come up in like marching band and that sort of thing uh, are traditionally tradition. Uh, traditional grip so like Stuart copeland plays with the traditional grip um and then douchebag was like, he a marching band kid douchebags like me that learn drums you know just banging on pots and pans uh do like an overhand grip or whatever so i don't know that he was a marching band kid but in like i said in the earlier videos he does like a regular grip now like in later videos i see him doing traditional which normally you would you know you would start out learning traditional grip in high school, then you start in bands and, and you know what I mean? So it's, it's almost like what he did is flip-flopped, you know? Right. So yeah, uh, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. It seems like maybe he started out or, uh, you know, just a kid playing drums and, and just over, a kid banging on pots and pans. Yeah. And, and then, then over time, sort of just, refined himself. Yeah. Got more refined as a drummer. So, um, I do know that he's done a bunch of, um, like session work and play with a bunch of other bands he played with. He did some stuff with the REM, uh, Mike Mills, uh, solo, uh, stuff, uh, rocket from the crypt. He's done stuff with 
the Pretenders and Katy Perry, and also played with uh, Ben Gibbard, that dude that's married to to her friend Rachel. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> like that's that's how you identify him. I love that. I don't, I've never listened to their band. I don't know anything about. Them. Um, but uh, the the other interesting thing about about John Worcester's uh, Wikipedia page is it not only lists him as a drummer, but it lists him as a comedy writer. So is that right? Yeah, I think he's done some comedy writing. And so did you did you look up and see if what his credits were on? Didn't like I don't know where you would even find that. Right. Yeah. Like what kind of comedy? Like I yeah like I don't he's know. Writing jokes for late night television. I don't know it. Uh, you know, in passing, I did see a glance and see uh, something mentioned about the Daily Show and Samantha B. So I don't know if. And I know that Super Chunk played huh. a show uh at some like uh comedy central thing for the daily show in like 2006 or something like that so um there may be some kind of tie in there but um yeah this dude's <laughs> super pl- pl- uh, this is a busy prolific guy. look at that worcester appear- appeared in a 2002 ups commercial playing drums with kyle gas and charlie daniels Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> that's an interesting mix wow yeah so, uh, and then, uh, that John guy, the drummer, he is like the, so they, super chunk did a video, uh, for a song called void on one of their later albums called I hate music. And, uh, there's a bunch of acting in the video. He's like the main character, but also in the videos, uh, H John Benjamin, who, uh, that's the guy that plays coach McGurk on home movies. And he does the voice of, uh, Archer. I don't know if you ever watched those cartoons. I don't know what either of those things are. He is the voice of the dad on Bob's Burgers. Um, nope. You you will know H. John Benjamin when you hear his voice. He's he's done so many uh, like voiceover commercial thing uh, cartoon things, and then uh, mm-hmm. also the dentist from Parks and Rec is in the is in the video. <laughs> so it's a pretty don't. good video. I've oh. never also never watched that. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's good. It's kind of like a government version of the office. Uh, it's like the right. office, but not as funny. So, but it is enjoyable. Is it not, it's not as funny. It's not as good as the office, but it is good. So, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, and the last thing about, uh, <laughs> the last thing and the best thing about John Worcester that we're talking about him, he actually doesn't play on this record. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> no, he, uh, they had two drummers before him and he joined the band uh, shortly before the record was released. So I think he played on the tour, but I don't think he played on the record. So huh. yeah, <laughs> we just spent a bunch of time. You you think we're finally going to talk about the record <laughs> and then we get off nope. kiss and then we talk about somebody who doesn't play on the record. Yeah. Nope. That's the fucking golden shower way. <laughs> what the fuck? They did a, um, mm. They did really, uh, you know, I, um, I really like this record. I really like listening to it. And so I thought, you know, I'll check out some of the, um, some of the other releases that they've done and. Oh dude, it's all good. I, yeah, I literally didn't hear a song I thought was bad. Uh, no, the, everything they do is great. And, uh, I was really psyched to see them, uh, uh, do the children in heat uh cover by the misfits and they also did a cover of uh, in between days by the cure on uh npr's av club undercover that was really good oh interesting so, yeah huh. yeah super chunk man i'm psyched you know it, although it's like you know <laughs> I'm, I'm super into like guitars and gear and, and, and all that stuff 
And then like, I hear like the super chunk records and I'm like, God, these sound amazing. And then like dudes playing a Gibson Marauder, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the shittiest guitar ever Look, what for is people more... who don't know Gibson Marauder. So, uh, in the seventies at kiss shows at the end of the shows, uh, Paul Stanley would come out and smash a guitar and throw it in the audience. Uh, for context, um, Paul wouldn't smash his good guitars. He got shitty guitars from Gibson's that were that from Gibson. Jesus. Uh, that he would bring out on stage. <laughs> I added the fucking S. This is your fault. Uh, he would come out on stage and smash a cheap guitar and throw that into the audience. And it was always a Gibson Marauder. And that's what this dude plays. So he plays like this guitar that's was considered a, a, a smashing guitar. A guitar. I mean, it was considered a smasher by Paul, Paul Stanley. Stanley because right. Still, aren't they? Aren't they bolt-ons? Yeah, they're bolt-ons. Right. And a uh, single coil bridge pickup. So you know, it's like that. And uh, that guy Rick Froberg from uh, Drive Like Jehu, he plays yeah. a fucking like a harmony or some like totally crappy guitar too, and shit's amazing. So let that be a lesson to you, kids. The guitar you play doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Don't be such a fucking elitist. No, it doesn't. I mean, yeah. What matters is cabinet and speakers, kids. (laughs) Well, that's a lot of what matters. But, yeah, you know, the thing is, uh, shit. Uh, If whatever someone is comfortable enough to do something great on is what's great. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like recordings. Like, there are so many recordings that can sound bad but they're amazing you know and it's you know last week when we were talking about who Studio is talking about just chemistry between band members and stuff like that but uh you know and it's the same kind of thing like if there are songs that are just so good they just transcend like you know any kind of bad recording techniques or bad gear or you know even people singing off key uh, you know or, or being flat or sharp like there is some magic in music that you know, can't, uh, at least I'm not able to quantify, um, right. You know, from time to time. And, and, uh, you know, a lot of times that's the best stuff, you know, where it doesn't make sense. Like you put all the, you know, it's like for my recording stuff, like I have all the right, you know, I have all these great mics and all these great whatever. And, you know, I make each individual track sound as good as I can. And then I mix them together and it sounds terrible. You know, and I'm like, wait, wait, what the fuck? Like I use primo ingredients. This should be the best cake ever. You use the best eggs and the best milk and, you know, and that tastes like shit. Yeah. I could fucking ruin anything, dude. Yeah. So, um, there's something to be said for magic in music that I don't have. (laughs) No, same here, dude. Same here. Shit. But Uh, yeah, this record's great, man. They, they don't fuck around. They open the. You know, they open the record with a banger and um, it just continues. Never the, let up. Yeah. The entire the whole, time. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Back, this record is like 30 minutes long. Yeah. That's how long records used to be. Like <laughs> right. 30 or 40 minutes long at the most. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And uh, the thing is, is like, I would get to the end of listening to this on, you know, spinning on Spotify and then would start spinning all the bullshit that it's thinks I want to hear because I've listened to this so many times. <laughs> right. And some of it's fine. Some of it's good, but it's, it's a lot of the, what you would expect. What did, what would you think that it would start spinning? Oh, fuck. I have no idea. REM. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. REM and dinosaur junior and 
uh, built to spill and, you know, like non-heavy alt-rock. Yeah, other merge like artists. Merge artists. The original, the original alternative rock. Yeah. Is what I would start hearing. And I would just... Um, the funny thing is, most of it was a lot more popular than Super Chunk ever was, right? right. Super Chunk is still, by and large... Like my sister knows who REM and Dinosaur Jr. is probably even, but she I don't think she's ever heard of Dinosaur of uh, Super Junk. Junk. Yeah, but I would get to the end of this record and I'd be three songs into whatever the fucking Dynamo of Hip Parade was, and I'd be like, "This shit is not as good." Right. And I would start the record over. Yeah, yeah. The funny thing for me I noticed last night was I would listen through the record, but then I would restart the record, which I was like, "Oh, this is great." Well, I should have had it on repeat, you know? Yeah. But I'd, I'm, you know, I'm not that clever. <laughs> I don't think that I uh, specifically put it on repeat, but it definitely repeated for me, which is nice. So, you know what? What? You ready to agree? A. A. Uh, I am absolutely with you there on the A. Yeah, it's a great record. Um, Solid A. Yeah. We never give uh, anything a shaky grade. You never say, hey, it's a shaky B. <laughs> it's always a solid whatever no sometimes i'll say <laughs> minus and then i'll and i'll usually give it how like i'll punctuate how much of a minus it is <laughs> right by saying whether it is because i would consider anything like you know 90 91 possibly even 92 would be a minus here we go with the numbers again yeah 90 this is how it works jamie <laughs> 93 through 90, you know, 9A and 100A plus. Right. That's how that works. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. A, a minus <laughs> isn't 89, right? You start talking about numbers, dude. My fucking eyes start glazing over. Well. Anyways, uh, it's an A. Use your, I like fingers and to use your fingers and toes if you have to. <laughs> yeah. I like this record. <laughs> Definitely an A. Solid A for me. Oh, we agreed again. Yes. Our periods are synced up again. What did we do uh, <laughs> last week that we disagreed on so strongly? We didn't disagree strongly. We did Husker Du, and I gave, uh, I gave it a lower grade than you did. <laughs> I think I gave it a and C. They're like, and they're one of your favorite bands. What was yeah. the week before that? We, there was something that we really disagreed on. Oh, Physical Zeppelin. Graffiti. Yeah, you were wrong about Physical Graffiti. Uh, you think I should have scored it higher? <laughs> I think you made a bunch that's of excuses a, for it, calling it an art record, and decided to give it a pass because of because whatever. it's one of the greatest records of all time. No, dude, it's terrible. Uh, you even uh, agreed that Zeppelin later on in their career, their fucking records started getting worse and worse. No, I think that that record is the is the peak of their of their creative juices. That's when they that's when they they really had the wop. <laughs> you know it was funny I, I was packing up to come to the cottage last night and we got a record player for christmas for the cottage and jennifer was like i'll bring some records so i'm digging through our records and uh i kept finding zeppelin records <laughs> at my house and i found yeah. like a bunch of zeppelin records that you know like zeppelin four and zeppelin three and i'm like oh i'm like if i find physical graffiti i'm gonna smash it and take a video and send it to mike <laughs> you didn't i did not thankfully not. But you did find uh what perfect from now on was that the one you found? Uh that rings a bell. What is it? What is it? Oh oh yeah yeah, yeah. the built spill record, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so fucking 
we have an interesting record collection. So we have mine, Jennifer's, and then I got a bunch of records from my stepmom, um, who gave me my dad's record collection after he died. And, uh, right. There's some, you know, it's funny getting the records from her that were his, cause there was some good stuff in there, like fucking after the gold rush and stuff. And I'm like, yeah. dude, why didn't we, why did, how did we not connect on this? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, granted there was some crap in there too, <laughs> but, uh, Dan yeah. Fogelberg. Yeah. I, I don't remember. It was, um, some stuff that I tossed out. A lot of it was like moldy. <laughs> so right. it was fine throwing it away, but yeah. And eh. so Jennifer had me, uh, Oh, this is great. So, uh, she's like, bring some records to the house so we can make sure the new record player works. And so I went through and I grabbed records that we have dupes of, and uh i was like yeah i'm bringing all kiss records because i have three to five copies of each record (laughs) each kiss record Uh, and uh, you weren't uh. smart enough to buy backups for the records that you own (laughs) did you did you go are you one of the people who went and bought the reissues that have the different album like the updated no 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 None of the remixes, none of those things. No, I don't care that much. I How about the Destroyer one? Oh, really? How is it? Yeah, it's fine. What's the difference? It's just remixed? Couldn't tell you. I didn't yeah. maybe him. Yeah. Now, I, um, the reason I have so many Kiss records is, you know, I re... So I lost, obviously, I lost them all in a move as a kid. Um, and then in my early, early 20s, I, I started rebuying Kiss records when I would see them. And what would happen was I would come across a Kiss record at a record store and I'd buy it. And then, you know, weeks or months, years later, I'd see another copy that was in a better condition than the one I had, you know, already owned. So then I'd buy that one. And that just kept happening until I was like buying like mint. I was coming across mint condition ones that, you know, and they were cheap. They're, you know, like two bucks comes with the poster, you know? So, yeah. (laughs) So I have a bunch of, uh, and the funny thing is, I think I own five copies of Paul's solo album. It's his solo album so bad, I've never actually listened to the entire thing. I could not get through it. <laughs> it's terrible. So Wow. Yeah. Five copies of a record I've never listened to it- all the way through. <laughs> <sighs> that's terrible. I think that's what we would talk about on our trip from uh, LA to San Francisco together, me and Paul. You just chastise him about his solo record what the fuck are you doing <laughs> jesus christ hey move well, on's a good song but lord you know it's hard yeah you know i it, it's it's like i always heard that aces was the most kiss of the kiss records and uh, of the solo albums and it makes sense like gene and paul were getting their kiss songs out on kiss records you know what i mean right and so when they're doing their solo right. album it's time for them to do stuff other things that interest them but it turns out other stuff that interests them is terrible <laughs> <laughs> it's good that they 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 are off to the races wearing the bridle of kiss yeah they uh self-edited their crap from kiss records and so spared us until their soul albums came out sweet jesus that stuff's so bad <sighs> well Double I almost A's. wonder if uh, I almost wonder if when we do the uh, Kiss episode, so Kiss Love Guns if coming we should up. Talk about, if next we should week. talk about radio, Radiohead. Yeah, like we just <laughs> don't talk about Kiss at all by the time we get to that fucking episode. It's well, entirely possible. We'll find <laughs> out. 
Um, I, you know, I won't have a plan or do any research. <laughs> Everything I say will be fueled by the emotion of nine, you know, eight year old me yeah. or seven year old me, whatever. I, I was like seven when I discovered these guys. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> What's next week? Uh, next week. Fuck. TV on the radio. Return to Cookie Mountain. Return to Cookie Mountain. I mean, I love the title of the album. Yeah, sounds like an awesome place. Right? Yeah. Do you know who loves cookies? Uh, cookie Monster? Me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I love cookies I too. do. Yeah, cookie. Um, you know what? We were listening to a playlist last night, and there was a John Lennon song that came on. And just in the middle of nowhere, you just hear him go, cookie (laughs) really (laughs) (laughs) and i think i feel like i've heard it before but it just for whatever reason it didn't slap me upside the head like it did last night but we both just about fell out of our fucking seats laughing (laughs) that's great cookie Uh, you know you know there is a john lennon song that you i don't actually you know i don't even know no it is on spotify uh so typically uh we have an alexa in our house a couple of them yeah and I'll just call out random songs that I want to hear. And uh, there is a there's a couple of songs that Alexa will not find for you. <laughs> and one of them is a John, oh, John Lennon yeah. song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is yeah. interesting. There's a lot of hip hop songs that you could call out that she won't she will not respond to either. So Right. Very interesting. Well uh, <laughs> I mean, are you surprised? No. Right. But I thought that was I was like, why the fuck is she not playing the song? Like, Right. Yeah. Uh, you know. People that don't know will have to figure that one out for their own. I, I think anyone who's ever listened to anything other than Imagine knows what, right. what you're talking about. I yeah. mean, I'm not about to call that one out. No. <laughs> not. I couldn't goad you into no. saying the title of it? <laughs> no, not going to happen, buddy. Dang it. Look. Hey. Uh, I didn't fall off the turnip truck uh, <laughs> yesterday. I fucking, I got up in the morning and I loaded that motherfucker. <laughs> you know? <laughs> All right. Well, return to Cookie Mountain. Yeah, return This will to- be interesting. I remember trying to get into it and listen to that band 10 years ago or 12 years ago or something. Yeah. And not not being able to get excited about it. I was dragged to one of their concerts once. <laughs> was it good? <laughs> No. You didn't like it? No. So this week is going to be a hard week. Um, the following week, um, a little concerned. You're already it. looking forward to it. Like, no, well, the following week, I'm sure will be better, but uh, hit or miss on that. Uh, and then the start of the next season <laughs> has to be a prank that someone is playing on us. So because I've sampled part of that album, it's not even, <laughs> it's not even on Spotify. Uh, Where yeah, is it? That's going to be a We have to listen to it on YouTube? Yeah, I'll I'll get the tracks for us and send them to you. Okay, like sounds able. good. Yeah, sounds <sighs> good. All right, dude. Well, um, yeah, good You're show. The best. Good uh, another uh, episode of Kiss Facts. <laughs> you know, if <laughs> with, nothing with, else, with a even minor in super junk. <laughs> even if no one at all listened to this show, it's fun to like focus on listening to a record. Yeah, and then having you teach me about Kiss. <laughs> 
That's yeah. really great. So it's yeah. a wonderful bonding experience for the two of us. <laughs> I got to say. That's pretty good. It's, yeah. It's really great. <laughs> so thank you, Professor. Uh, all right. Send us feedback. Golden Shower of Hits. <laughs> Is it Golden Shower of Shits podcast or just Golden Shower? No, it's not Golden Shower of Shits. It's Golden Shower of Hits at gmail.com. Yeah, everyone knows that. Well, it could be at gmail.biz. No, it couldn't. <laughs> Do they that own doesn't exist. Gmail.biz? If you're a fucking, some sort of like treasure, uh, you, you're sitting on the endowment of some royal treasure in uh, some fucking African nation that middle Americans have never heard of. Ah. You know? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to put together the show notes for this episode. You can see those on our website, goldenshowerofhits.com. Yeah, good job. Hey, thanks. <laughs> All right. Well, if I don't uh, talk to you on the phone, I'll see you on the Facebooks. All right, buddy. <laughs> All right, dude. Have a good week. Bye. Bye. Golden Shower of Hits. 